0: At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Everywhere we turn, someone is promising to finally give us the satisfaction and happiness we long for. Yet from advertisements to political campaigns, these promises so often remain unfulfilled. We know God makes promises too, but do you ever wonder if He'll actually keep them? Join us for our Christmas series, Fulfilled as we discover how Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises to us and how the promises he kept then fulfill our deepest longings now.
1: Well, White Lake family, I just want to, uh, again, say Merry Christmas, and I am especially encouraged by your being here today. Now, I want to remind you that during this season, during the Advent season, the Apostle Matthew has been taking us on a journey. You've been here during the Advent season. We have continued to turn to Matthew's gospel as our source of direction and guidance. And this journey has kind of taken a look backward to look forward. It is a journey that was meant actually for a Jewish audience, and yet it benefits Gentiles like us as well. And this journey is one that helps all of us who hear it, all of us who read it, all of us who see it, truly understand the significance of the birth of Christ. But here on this chilly Christmas morning, I want you to know that we are going to conclude our journey in Matthew. Conclude our journey. And like any journey that we travel, whether we are going home for the holidays whether we are taking this kind of long, big road trip, or whether perhaps we've been on a long health journey, there are always questions to consider on the journey, particularly when you get to the end. Huge questions. Usually questions that have far-reaching impact and sometimes even life-altering impact. As you may have guessed, the end of the Advent journey of 2022 has brought us to that place. It's brought us to that place where all who read it, all who see it, are called to consider what it means for you and for your faith journey, specifically how you will respond to what Matthew shows us today. Now, the question is, are you guys ready to conclude the journey? All right, well, before Matthew leads us to that path, let's pray together. The gracious God, as we gather together today as your people, we're humbled. We're humbled that as we look at the Advent wreath, we see all the candles lit. And that means that you sent your son, Jesus, into our world for that we celebrate. For that some 2,000 years later we gather to celebrate, to sing the praises of the one who came. And yet, God, there's also something for each one of us as we contemplate, as we consider the reality of the Christ who came. It's not just a nice story, Heavenly Father. You desire to meet with us in that story. As we read it, as we submit to it, because it is your word, you desire to show us truth. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, it is our prayer today that you would use that truth to mold and shape our hearts and our minds and our very lives. So, God, as we open your word now, would you meet with us? Would you give us eyes to see the truth on its pages? Would you give us ears to hear this truth? And then genuinely humble hearts that are moldable in your hands for your kingdom purposes. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, church, throughout this fulfilled sermon series, Matthew has sought to convince a predominantly Jewish audience and all who would read this gospel account that Jesus is, in fact, the fulfillment of what Old Testament prophets foretold of the coming Messiah. Matthew wants all who read this gospel to know that Jesus is the Messiah, He is the eternal king sent by Almighty God to rescue and to redeem and ultimately to reign. That is Jesus. That is who is lying in a manger. That is who is at the center of your nativity scene. That's what he's communicating to us. Today we're going to be looking at an interesting story It's not directly about Jesus, and yet it is about Jesus. So let's grab our Bibles. We're going to be turning to Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to be reading verses 1 through 6. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. You will find that on page 808 in your ESV Bible, or as always, you can read along on our screen behind me. Here's what Matthew writes. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now, John... He wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. And his food was locusts and wild honey. And then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan confessing their sins. Matthew has given us clear guidance for what comes at the end of our journey. Just like that first century audience, Matthew's words bring to us a point of response. They bring you and me to a point of response. And the call that Matthew makes is not particularly difficult. It's not particularly confusing. It's actually pretty straightforward. Matthew challenges us to listen to God's message. We are called, God's people are called to listen to his message. Here, once again the words of Matthew as he speaks of the spoken word and the act of listening. L- listen to what it says again. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching. What is preaching? The spoken word. He came preaching in the wilderness. He says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That is something that calls us to a response. For this is he who was spoken of again, words being communicated, speaker, listener by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Now, at this point in the gospel narrative, Matthew has moved beyond Jesus as a baby. He is now a grown man living in a city called Nazareth, and we looked at that yesterday. It is here where we are introduced to a person, a firebrand kind of a guy known as John the Baptist. Now, John has shown himself to be a pretty bold guy. What he communicates consistently and faithfully is repentance. Repentance. Now, oftentimes when you're in church, you will hear of that word repentance. I want to give you kind of a visual here on Christmas. If this is the way you are walking, what repentance means is that you stop and you turn and you go the opposite direction. Repentance is a 180-degree turn. It's to stop going in one direction, to repent of what you're doing, and turn and go the other way. John preaches that consistently, faithfully. But there's something else that he also mentions, and it has great historical significance. Let's look back at verse 3. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So, what exactly was it that Isaiah said? A voice cries in the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. That's Isaiah 40. Does that sound similar? Does it sound familiar? It should. You see, what Matthew has done here is he's helped his Jewish audience see that John the Baptist is the forerunner that the prophet spoke about. He wants you and I and all who would read this text to know this. Now, some of you might be saying, well, wait a second, Pastor, it is Christmas morning. Why is this important? Because this is the one God sent to ready the way for the Messiah. This is why John was preaching Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. In other words, get ready to receive King Jesus. That's the role of John. He is preparing the way for the one. Similar to the prophet Isaiah speaking on behalf of God, pointing to John, John now speaks on behalf of God and points people. To Christ. I want to say that one more time. Isaiah speaking on behalf of God points people to John, who will then, John steps into that role and he will speak on behalf of God and points people to Jesus. And he says, Get ready. Get ready to receive the King. Now, for those of us who have been followers of Christ for some time, you might be thinking, wait a second, Pastor, I have already received King Jesus. I've already placed my faith in him. I've trusted him for my salvation. I have experienced that. What do you mean by get ready? Consider once again the message that John preached. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Turn from your sin and come to the God who is now here. That's the message of the forerunner, for the message that Jesus would preach, where he would say, "The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel." So John says, He's the one. And then when Jesus is on the scene, he says, "Repent and believe." Church family, the the message is clear. It's consistent. It invites all of us to listen to the words of John, who points to Jesus, and then listen to Jesus, who calls you and I to listen and to respond in repentance. The question is are we listening? Are we listening? This text calls us to hear the message. This text calls us to heed the message. This text calls us to believe the message. Now, personally, the believing the message part was something that took me a while. Full transparency I heard the message of Jesus many times growing up. I grew up in church, went to Sunday school, did that whole thing. I knew that Jesus was born of a virgin. I knew that Jesus had lived a sinless life. I even knew that Jesus had given up that life on a cross to pay the penalty for my sin. The question was, I don't know if I believe it. I don't know that I'm convinced of that story. It wasn't until some close friends came alongside me. They spoke words of truth to me. I was called to listen They challenged me to listen and to hear and to truly understand how the gospel mattered to me personally. Not in the abstract, not something that's out there for someone else, but how it matters to me. Now, how would I do that? I would do that by reading and listening to the word of God. And ultimately, that led me to a point of repentance and belief And I hope it does the same for you. The repentance and belief, that is what happens when we listen to the gospel. Now let's return to our story. Let's pick it up with Matthew chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. It says, Now John wore a garment of camel's hair. He wore a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Who had locusts and wild honey for breakfast? Anybody? All right, I'm proud of you. (laughs) Well done. And then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. To this guy who's wearing camel hair and has a leather belt and is eating a locust and wild honey. He is a bit of a draw. So they were going out to him and they were baptized by him in the River Jordan and they were confessing their sins. Matthew tells us that this burly, strong guy preaching in the wilderness was drawing the masses, and the word spread rapidly. And you guys know how it happened. Everyone then jumped on Instagram and they were trying to get pictures with with John. He was the hot preacher of the day. (laughs) Maybe not exactly, but he was pretty compelling. He was pretty compelling because of the way he looked. John had a similar vibe as the Old Testament prophet named Elijah. Listen to the way Elijah is described in 2 Kings. It says he wore a garment of hair and he had a belt of leather around his waist. Wait a second. That sounds like who? Sounds like John the Baptist. The whole thing was very unusual in the time of Jesus. You say, well, wait a second, how is it unusual? You see that from Elijah, now we see this guy doing it now, it connects perfectly. Remember, not only does John the Baptist look like Elijah, but what we're also talking about is he is the one who is calling people to repentance and the kingdom of God, just like the Old Testament prophet would. So the connections are clear, right? Here's why it's interesting. Here's why it might not be so obvious. There had not been a prophet of God's people speaking like this in over 400 years. There had been silence. And the last thing that they did hear from a prophet was this. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. John the Baptist. Hmm. He looks like Elijah. Listen to that. I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day that the Lord comes. Combine all these things and it is easy to see why John the Baptist was the guy who would draw a crowd. But I want you to know he did not draw a crowd like a flash mob at the Somerset Mall and then where everybody gathers for just a moment and here's a Christmas carol and then everybody dissipates. It's not how it worked. Instead, big things happened. Wild things happened. Look back at verses 5 and 6. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan were going out to him. They wanted to hear the message that he was proclaiming. And they were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. (laughs) The masses had come and they had responded Many confessed their sins. Church, that is repentance. Many were baptized. Church, that, as we see when we baptize people, that is a picture of belief. There is repentance and belief. And this response that we see is the same response God wants from us. He wants us to humble ourselves in Repentance. Believers come to Christ humbly through repentance. So let's revisit the move of God here one more time, okay? People come from all over the region. They see this guy. They listen to him. They repent of their sins. They believe, and they are baptized. Wow. Sounds like John had a pretty significant ministry, didn't it? I mean, we joked about the whole Instagram thing and taking selfies and posting that like, because he's the hot preacher. Well, the reality is let's not get carried away by his preaching prowess because John himself understood that he was simply the one called by God to proclaim the king. It's not about him. And I'm going to be very clear. It's not about me. It's not about the preacher at Lake Orion or Lapeer or Plymouth or any other Woodside campus. It's not about your favorite preacher either, the guy you listen to on a podcast or watch on a video. It's not about them. Our role is to proclaim the king. And John knew that he was not the king. Listen to the way he describes Jesus. John chapter 1. He who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. You guys get the hierarchy there? I hope so. You see, this is the sort of humility that God desires from each and every one of us. We acknowledge our sinfulness. We acknowledge our brokenness. We acknowledge our neediness before a holy and righteous God, and we are undone in church. That is humility. This is the response that God desires from all of us humble repentance. Now, here on Christmas morning, I can think of no better cultural example of humble repentance than from that classic tale of Ebenezer Scrooge. At the beginning of the Christmas carol, we're introduced to Ebenezer, and we all know him to be a bitter, cranky, mean, self-centered old man. He was anything but humble. And yet after he is visited by different spirits in his dreams, he begins to soften a little. He begins to question some of his motives. And yet it's not until the final visit when Ebenezer is awakened to the reality of his horrible, evil, mean-spirited ways. And this causes him to cry out in confession. Why would he do that? Because it is a picture of heart change He had been brought to the point of humble repentance. His outward actions revealed a change of heart. What he did and what he practiced changed because what happened on the inside changed because of humble repentance. So Woodside family, you may recall that I began today's message by telling you that we would be concluding our Advent journey this morning. And I also mentioned that Matthew in his narrative of the life of Jesus would take us somewhere that would call you and me to a response. We don't just get to the end of the journey and stop and stay there. We have a response. That's exactly what Matthew has taken us to through the story of John the Baptist and his ministry proclaiming the coming of King Jesus. That's what this entire Fulfilled Sermon series is about. How Matthew helps us look back to see clearly the glorious coming of the Messiah. And this is, in fact, where our journey ends. But your journey continues. Because your response begins What will you do knowing that the coming of Christ was told and foretold many times in the Old Testament, pointing to Jesus? What do you think about the reality of a baby born of a virgin where men came from afar to bring him gifts and to worship him? A child in a manger. How will the fact that God brought this child and his family to safety in a foreign land because a king wanted to kill him, how might that impact your view of Jesus? What will you do knowing that that baby grew up to be a man? And then that man performed miracles and he lived a sinless, spotless life perfect life, and then he gave that life on a cross to save sinners like us. How will you respond to that man who sacrificed his life on a cross that you might be forgiven? Church, God has done an amazing thing for his people. He sent his son into our sin-stained world. He said, go, because I want you to rescue them. I want you to redeem them, and I want you, Jesus, to reign. So as we close this Advent season, are you listening to God's message for you? Are you coming to him in humble repentance? First, unto salvation. And then secondly, as a way of living the Christian life. Church, as we come to Jesus, what we find is that our deepest longings